Jamesy the Band. Find their music at jamesythebandbandcamp.com. to The Fool's Journey. Ooh, beautiful music. Shout out to my cousin, Cole Hen, singer-songwriter, with the band Jamesy. Shadows never last. Welcome to the broadcast. Time to take off the mask. Hello, I'm Charles. And uh, this is my cousin Colin. And, um, and uh, you're listening to The Fool's Journey. So, Colin... Um, I'm curious. Today you wanted to talk to me about marriage. Um, I'm curious why. Why did you want to talk about marriage? Um, Michelle and I were talking about... What were we talking about? When we first said that we were going to set this interview up, uh, we were just in the heat of talking about what uh, our relationship means and, uh, and, you know, aspirations for the future and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah, we were just in the heat of that topic, and I just threw it out to you, and you said, absolutely. Yeah, so so you're planning your own wedding. So marriage yes. is a big idea in your head right now that's probably yeah. popping around a lot of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do we have kids? You know, do we stay here? Do we move somewhere else for a bit? Hmm. So... You know, what careers? Do we, like, do we want to change careers? We're kind of in that transition, too. There's lots of... Uh, Lots of things to consider with, with, with marriage. Um, interesting that you guys are talking about careers together. My wife and I didn't really do that. Um, I mean, we talked about careers, but it was more like, I accept what you choose um, kind, of, kind of thing. But there is definitely, because my wife's family is in uh, California and Baja, California, um, there's a lot of talk about where we should live and stuff. And the dilemma is... Being close to her whole family is is a real um, desire of hers. 
and yet she recognizes that she doesn't want to raise our children and I think she'd be okay with California, but I'm not really okay with California. I'm not okay with US government right now and and they're not very friendly to immigrants anyways. And uh and I'm not really looking forward to starting my business over or working uh for for the man or anything like that. I I've I've worked hard to kind of uh build a lifestyle for myself and and i'm starting to achieve it just now i don't want to uproot and change uh i wouldn't mind splitting the year um and mexico is no place to raise children uh right now no not where she's from so where are you guys thinking of living uh recently we've been talking about going to new zealand for a couple years new zealand what's in new zealand that attracts you there's some pretty solid, high-paying jobs for what I do, and it would be less, uh, a less physical aspect. It'd be more project management. Really? That's cool. Yeah, and it's mm, more than double what I make here. I mean, Halifax not not the booming economy that Ontario is for, as far as wages and whatnot goes. So it'd be nice to just get out and, and totally separate ourselves from family for a minute, just to feel. Yeah. What's that? What that like? Because none of it, Well, she, she's moved around. She's been to Ontario, uh, but I, as far as me, I've always been close to close to the folks. Right. So be, right. You haven't you haven't kind of uh, felt that uh, that cut loose feeling from home ground yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You especially feel it. When you're uh, when you're in the heat of planning a wedding too, all these different opinions and whatnot. So that might be a subconscious thing where you're like, "Get me out." <laughs> well, okay. Um, I I want to talk a little bit more about the uh, idea of immigrating or migrating as a couple before having kids. I think it's Granny and Grandpa did it um, after having my dad, shortly after, but. They had the majority of their kids in Canada, and, and I think that you should probably get settled before you start having babies. It'll be better for the children. Um, and, uh, and marriages, basically, before, I, before we get to that, all that discussion, let's talk about what does marriage mean to you? It's a good one. Um... And why are you getting married? Why not just stay a happy couple? Like, why Why the ceremony? Why the title? What does it mean? What does it mean to you? Uh, we have, I love our relationship. We work together so well as, as a team. And um, I don't know. There's something, something I don't want to say. How do I put this in the words? Having all your loved ones around you to to help you uh, unify that unit and, to... and merge everyone together, it's it's more about the celebration of it and and the true commitment for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love the idea of diving all in. Um, I'm not afraid of failure if if it doesn't work out, but I'm also of the notion that uh, I'm going to try everything. If things start to go south, right? Right. Of course. Um, yeah. What does it mean? I just. I you want some help? This girl. 
Should, uh, here, let's uh, let's just of interest have some help from Wikipedia. Okay, um, marriage, also called matrimony or wedlock, is a culturally recognized union between people. I think that's what you were talking about. Calls yeah. called spouses. That establishes rights and obligations between them, as well as between them and their children, and between them and their in-laws. The definition of marriage varies around the world, not only between cultures and between religions, but also throughout the history of any given culture and region, evolving to both expand and constrict in who and what is encompassed. But typically, it is principally an institution in which interpersonal relationships, usually sexual, are acknowledged and sanctioned. In some cultures, marriage is recommended or considered to be compulsory before pursuing any sexual activity. When defined broadly, this stuff makes me laugh, the sexual stuff. Um, when defined broadly, marriage is considered a cultural universal. Um, marriage ceremony is known as a wedding. All right. So, Could you imagine committing your life to somebody and not knowing how you fit sexually? Well, yeah, the, the, the compulsory before pursuing any sexu se sexual activity made me, made me giggle, you noticed. Um, okay, there's a little bit more I, I just want to read. Individuals may marry for several reasons, including legal, social, libidinal, meaning horniness, libido, libidinal, emotional, financial, spiritual, and religious purposes. Whom they marry may be influenced by gender, social, socially determined rules of incest, prospective marriage rules, parental choice, and individual desire. All right, that's all I'm going to read from that. Um, but isn't that interesting? That kind of gives us a, a, a definition of what we're dealing with, with marriage. How much, I think that I wish, if I, if I could start over with my marriage, I wish my wife and I had it looked up marriage on Wikipedia, even though it might not have even existed back then. We were married in 2003, 2002. Um, but I think the internet happened around 2008 or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happened in the 90s, I know, but it was just... Uh, and, it was it was more scarce and people weren't using it in their pockets like we are now. Um, so you might not have even thought to go to the internet for a definition on marriage. Yeah. But I wish my wife and I spoke to each other about these. What what are your ex? Here's what I see, and I just want to speak out loud because it's interesting. Is that a lot of people have different expectations and definitions of marriage. And that is why I believe our divorce rate is so high, A, along with other factors, etc. But, but I think that couples struggle with this expectation thing. I think, you know, I was, it doesn't say here, they're being pretty, um, pretty benign about this definition of marriage, but uh, there is a possessive aspect that a lot of cultures have with marriage that, that, I've observed as a subconscious thing at this point in a lot of people, even if they don't agree with it, it's still a subconscious cultural addition to their thought waves, right? Like it's, it's there, like maybe 
maybe you don't you're not sexist and you believe women are equal but you still have this subliminal uh expectation that your wife cooks for you and or does your laundry or something because your mom did it or something like that now there's so there's all these all these things have you had any talks with michela about about that and do you think that would be a good idea yeah expectations yeah, yeah. yeah. When we first got uh, engaged, uh, that was actually one of the first things she did. She was like, all right, well, let's look up, uh, you know, um, why people fail and, uh, and you know, top reasons why you should get married. She's, we went through it, and we tried to answer it as honestly as we could. Mm -hmm. um, she's really, really good for that stuff, like making sure you're checking yourself on all, all your decisions. Right. Um, but I think it is a good reminder, like, to do it again, maybe every anniversary or something, just go back in and be like, how have we changed, have our expectations changed? Um, yeah, yeah, well, there's, just, there's just even, good hard look. yeah, there's, there's different levels of that too. There's like even your daily expectations, like how your household's going to run, especially when you throw children into the mix. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> Um, be, because I needed, I, yeah, and because my wife was on maternity leave or parental leave, as it's known in Canada, and and I was working because I was building my company, I couldn't really go on parental leave. It wasn't an option for me. Um, uh, I had to get my sleep, so my wife basically had about a six-year period between the two children back to back, where she didn't have a full night's sleep and that literally uh i have someone in my life that's really concerned with this uh not my wife but someone else uh who says lack of sleep literally causes uh by science standards it causes brain damage it's kind of like getting concussed uh slowly but surely and you need lots of sleep to recover from it so there so you know there's there's all kind and and so that wasn't nice for my wife to have all this lack of sleep and have to, these weird sleeping patterns and stuff like that and and I don't think she expected that. I don't think another thing is people don't tell people what what parenthood I mean they say it's wonderful and yes it is but nobody really wants to say the ugly truth about it like there's some ugly moments in parenthood. Scary moments, huge sacrifices, stuff like that. Um I think marriage usually is an indication that the couple wants to have children. So what were you guys saying to each other about children? And and if Michelle is in the room, if she wants to talk with you guys, uh, as long as we're not all talking at once, uh, we we could all uh, discuss all this and get everybody's opinion. I wish she was. She's, oh, okay. uh, she's recovering from a festival right now. Oh, okay. Which, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is fine. One of her big stipulations before we get married is that we have to do some acid together <laughs> <laughs> that's a wise woman you have in my opinion oh yeah I mean, we, we, we enjoy psychedelics together just get, get together shoot the shit by ourselves and be, be as honest as you can be um, get that truth serum in you um, but conversations as far as children go we flip flop we flip flop a lot but like just the other day we're at uh at the farmer's market here where we live <clears throat> and there's kids everywhere. 
and she just starts crying watching this kid get her face painted. And I'm I'm sitting across from her just laughing at her. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's, she's got a lot of feelings, you know. She feels things pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and I'm what was she crying about? Like the beauty, she, the beauty of children? What was she crying about? Children, yeah. You see all these young parents and, you know, the innocence of the children and what it could be. And then she gets scared. She starts laughing. And so she's crying and laughing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just watching it happen. <laughs> Well, um, what did the what did the? I think that your children would probably have a better life if you raised them in Halifax with your home base. Uh, I agree. Being there, um, but you may want to wait. Like you may want to plan out like a two-year, three-year, four-year period where you don't have kids and you just enjoy each other as a couple. You just have to worry about like a lot of couples uh, use birth control for a long time and then and then. Then they have problems getting pregnant because of the the hormonal changes in the woman's body. And I never really, myself, my personal viewpoint is I I never allowed any of my uh, long-term lovers, uh, not that I allowed, but I always urged them, I'd rather use a condom than have you go on the pill. That was my my thing. I didn't like the idea of fucking with the body's hormonal lunar cycle I felt like that could have lo- lasting effects we don't understand yet I'm very much on the same page yeah that. yeah we don't we're at the point now A we're, we're committing to each other uh, B we are financially in a position where if we did have a child then we could support it um, yeah. so we're just kind of free balling <laughs> mm. right, right now it's if it happens, it happens. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as birth control goes, uh, she she hasn't had any any good experiences with that, so it's not really an option, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. That's good that uh, she hasn't had yeah. uh, any experience with birth control. That that's uh, I think that's important, and and uh, for anybody listening, uh, please take full notice that birth control is really a major change to a to a major system of the female body and I think that could have all kinds of effects. Never mind it long term causes inf uh infertility. So um, yeah. and she's a bit older too, so like the biological clock is a real thing. So Do you mind do you mind talking about her age? Do you mind talking about her age? How old is she? Do you mind talking about her age? Because I'm interested in all things science, right? So how old is she? Yeah, yeah. 34. 34? I'd say she's got at least yeah. two years. Yeah, if you wanted to fuck off for two years and not be parents, I think you guys would be cool. I mean, past that, it's you're, you're taking a risk, right? But I think a doctor would agree with that. Sorry. Yeah, so um, you think you actually would... Go to New Zealand and work and uh, make a small fortune, then come back and start a family. Or I do that. Yeah, that's pretty I have interesting. A house right now, which is the most complicated part of it. I mean, we could rent it, but who's going to watch over it? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. I mean, I can hire someone, depending on uh, how much we can get to rent it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the biggest logistical thing. But I, I would go. I think it'd be really, really fun. Just go. 
see what it's like to start a life somewhere brand new and then right. come back and do it again. It's almost like a test run. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, hmm. And you're also doing it with a clean slate. So that's actually quite a cool experiment. Um, let's get back to the experiment of a couple doing psychedelics together. Have you guys yet done that? Okay, and what's that like? Like, is it like a? Does it turn into like a crazy adventure in the woods? Does it turn into a crazy adventure in the sack? What What the hell does psychedelics as a couple turn into? Like, what is that? The first time, the first time I told her I loved her. <laughs> oh, it was on psychedelics. All right. Yeah, it was, it was New Year's a couple years ago. Uh, it could be anything. This weekend, this coming weekend, uh, it's her birthday weekend, so we're going camping, and we'll do some there. Be, uh, so psychedelics in the woods is a thing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or we'll, we'll have just a little bit and go go hang out on the dance floor Ooh. And, and come wow. home and evaluate the night. And, mm. You know. I think yeah. that's a that's a cool one. A little bit of psychedelics for a dance floor. Yeah. No. Like just a, just a, just a touch, just to kind of get your bullshit out of the way. So, I, you just reminded me, I've never been on psychedelics on a dance floor, or only MDMA, that's not really a psychedelic, um, but I've been on psychedelics in a field, and someone suggested to my imagination that I see a concert, and I did. I witnessed a whole Italian concert with a midget, sorry, uh, a dwarf Italian singer singing like some really... Nice tarantella music with a whole crowd of people in the field. Just because this guy was whispering it in my ear. <laughs> well, I was on some pretty strong acid. Uh, lasted crazy. a long time. It's crazy what you can do. You can just plant those seeds in someone's mind. And, and they'll just run. It's hypnotism, basically. Uh, um, you, can, you can do it to yourself. You can meditate. It's where we go, I think, when we dream. In some level, like on the way to dreaming, we're in a state where you could be suggestible, and even if someone's asleep, I'm aware you could you could actually talk to them when they're sleeping and 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 give them suggestions. Uh, ethically, you would only tell them to love themselves more, right? Uh, if you have children, uh, that's actually a nice thing. I I actually practice with my kids as I I go in, I say their name, I tell them it's daddy talking to them, and then I tell them how much I love them and, and a few maybe a few little lessons I could leave them about the day or something like that that's uh, cute yeah it's it's slightly psychedelic I'm a psychedelic parent what do you think about psychedelics in parenthood <laughs> uh, I mean I'm pretty sure my parents were up to that <laughs> yeah they did an alright job so I, I, like with anything don't abuse it right um, right uh, you know, uh, for me, I just I like to check in with myself. It it, it just makes me go, all right, what's up with me? And yeah. Get rid of all these distractions. Um, that's funny about the sleep, though. I used to I used to do canoe kayak, and we go away to Florida for these training camps. And two of my best friends, uh, they're twins. Yeah. And in their sleep, I don't know if this is from growing up in the same room or whatnot, but they would go back and forth and talk to each other while they were dreaming. Whoa. What? Like, weird. you could hear it? They were sleep talking? Yeah. Whoa. 
it's they talk to each other. Oh, fuck. That's so cool. Isn't that nuts? That's one of the coolest things I've heard in a long time. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, that's like, metaphysical in my imagination. Yeah, to think of like, you know, they say uh, twins have that innate uh, psychic connection, right? Yeah. Well, they probably do. I would imagine there's probably a lot of nonverbal communication happening from within the womb and throughout their whole lives. Like... Parents with twins, they're not going to get two bedrooms for the kids. They're probably unexpected. And I know some parents that had unexpected twins, they went broke. They ended up having to sell their house and move in with the in-laws for a few years before they could rebuy a house. Yeah. Yeah. Twins. Yeah, costs a lot, man. Anybody? Kids cost a lot. I don't even have one. I don't even. Yeah. Do you have a dog yourself? No. No. We're going to hold off. On a dog, I decided kids first, and once they're old enough to help raise the dog, then yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. I just don't want to neglect your dog once we have young children. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. It's good to practice though. So if you like dog sit for your sister or something like that, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, we take care of this little uh, Spanish Pedenco every every. I want to say six months for about a month. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. So, yeah, when you say he's a wild one, you may end up, if you do have children, you may end up with a wild one. Yeah. Um, You never know. Yeah, and on psychedelics and parenting, when my daughter had a uh, wild one uh, moment and uh, drove a dirt bike into a tree, and, and, you know, we, for a few moments, were wondering whether we were going to have a vegetable for a child. Um, um, after that, after all that stress, uh, just coincidentally, my sister Michelle sent uh, some some mushrooms by mail. <laughs> Did she? Yes, and I and I took them right away because I, I like I just got them and I was like shit. My, she sent them for my birthday, but they came late, and and I got them and uh, I took them right away. It wasn't that much. It wasn't a heroic dose or anything like that. I could have used a little bit more, in my opinion. But it was enough to take to take me uh, to have me kind of really meditate and release the the stressful trauma that I had just gone through with with a motor vehicle accident and your child, right? That's a big deal. Um, but um, so expectations. Uh, do you feel any possessiveness between you or Miss Shayla towards one another? No. 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 Like, right. for example, this weekend I heard a festival. I didn't talk to her. Go right. One. Right. Um, I just, I, we just trust each other pretty wholeheartedly. Right. Which is nice. Um, so what does that mean? Now, do you guys have the same, you trust each other, but do you have the same expectations of life? And are you on the same wavelengths all the time? And, yeah. and where you're not on the same wavelengths, how do you guys handle it? Because let's say it's probable... You're not always on the same wavelength. No. Right? So how, no. how do you guys handle that? Um, well, if we're talking, we can start with uh, professional expectations. <clears throat> we're both pretty, pretty open about where we want to be and right. how we're going to get there. And we do what we can to help each other. 
like if she needs me to do some admin stuff for her business that she's running right now, then I, I can hop on or I'll proofread some stuff for her, vice right. versa, when I'm applying for new jobs. Right. She's very much um, in the mindset right now that I need a new job. It's just wearing and tearing on my body. And, right. Uh, I'd like to be into something new before the winter hits because it's just treacherous out here. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, well, that's nice. She likes your body and wants you to kind of keep it, uh, yeah. keep it in shape. Uh, I guess yeah. it's hurting you, and it's probably yeah. Yeah, I know what that's like. Uh, construction is pretty harsh on the man's body. Uh, people need to realize. Yeah, there's just no longevity to it. Uh, am I good at it? Yeah. We should have six-hour days. That's how I would improve on the construction industry. Six-hour work days. You could have two shifts. If you're an employer, six and six. Takes a 12-hour day out of your out of your week. And uh, you could have a, a nice long week with that. Throw in the fifth day. At six hours a day, I'd work a Saturday. All those days, I'd have so much free time. I'd be a happy guy. You know? Yeah. And my body would be better. What do you think of that idea? Since you're in the trades, I I, I wouldn't mind a six-hour day. Saturdays, no breaks. Like just a lunch in the middle, half hour in the middle, six-hour day. Boom, move. Yeah, we don't really take breaks. I don't know why. No time. no time. I'm into something for four hours, and then I'm into something else for four hours. Um, I, I wouldn't mind that because right now I'm I'm getting up at. 5.30 in the morning just to get to the gym so I can stretch and prep my body for the day, more or less. Like right. I'll, I'll stretch for about a half hour and then do half hour cardio. and That gets me pretty limber, so I don't pull anything because I just, I, I'm always pulling stuff. Are you? Um, Are you yeah, you're like, carrying a lot of heavy loads as a carpenter, eh? I just got to pull yeah. wire. It's pretty light duty. I know. I was watching the Sparkies the other day, and I was just like, God damn. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, we get to use our brains a little more. That's, uh, I think, the trade-off. Brains for bronze. That, that's what I was told as uh Now, I'm not discounting any of the mathematics. I, I'm fascinated with carpentry mathematics. But uh, I think I think you got to learn a lot of legalese and a lot of physics and electrical. and uh, And somehow by nature... Now, don't kid yourself. I used to have to, as an apprentice, haul bundles of conduit metal conduit now that's that's harder than humble uh lumber right so that that can wear and tear on you but not a lot of electricians have that as their full-time duty some do but not a lot yeah i'm lucky now like uh, i got i got like i'm running this the site so i can get my laborers to do stuff so it's not as bad as it was but you're still still, still being tired. in the cold all day yeah it kills yeah. you yeah I find that back to expectations with Michelle and I yeah um she's very feminine in her thinking mm. and what do you mean by that that's an interesting statement when I think of feminine thoughts I think of free form just flowing right Okay, I like and, that. And when I, like Michelle and I talk about it as the river and the riverbanks. Feminine right. thoughts are the river. Right. Masculine thoughts are directional. Wow. More analytical. And, That's cool. And feminine. Yeah, yeah. I, I was reading a book by uh, 
uh, author David Data, and it's called The Way of the Superior Man. Hmm. And it's all about balancing uh, feminine and masculine energy in any relationship because there always has to be this, this balance. Yes. For harmony to happen. So whether it be uh, gay, lesbian, whatever, whatever relationship between two humans, th- these, these aspects are a thing. They're not gender assigned whatsoever. It's just how he explains it. Yep. And uh, that was one of the that was one of the concepts he put forth was yeah masculine energy more directional you're more to the point where women like to think of absolutely everything that could happen or sorry feminine uh, thinks yeah. of everything that can happen and in our relationship it can kind of set her in a spiral. Yeah, well, also about the river is, um, think about this aspect too, is feminine, is that the water is receptive. It can receive, whereas the banks, you know, you cannot enter the banks, but you can enter the river, you see? And, and so she could, the, the emotions, uh, I, not to say that men cannot absorb things. Yes, we do. Uh, under, interesting uh, little factoid is under close observation, Many friends and family have said that my wife is more masculine and I'm more feminine. Right. Which is which is interesting. I consider myself kind of a macho guy, but but I do I am super emotional and sensitive and and intuitive. And whereas my wife is a little more materialistic, a little more closed emotionally, yeah. guarded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- yeah, because it's not assigned to, to your your masculinity whatsoever. It as far as as far as uh, it doesn't have to be. So. Yeah, it, you know, like I said, it's not gender assigned. It's just what's inside you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we were talking like, earlier, I highly recommend it. Like that's one of the other things that I do to try and check in with myself is I'll read through that book once or twice a year. Hmm. It's 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 pretty pretty neat. He's got. <laughs> it's got one chapter. It's called "Women Are Not Liars." <laughs> okay, and what does it talk <laughs> so about? I just as soon as I saw that header, uh, <laughs> "Women Are Not Liars," and he gives an example of um, this this feminine energy where uh, something something in their mood can shift on a dime. Yeah. So, like his his uh, concept was: say you're going to the movie, you plan to go to the movie all week. And day of, maybe you didn't pay attention to something that you should have. Mm. She doesn't want to go to the movie anymore. But you know she wants to go to the movie. She loves the movies. She doesn't want to go. And he said, pick your woman up. Spin her. Do a little dance. Kiss her. (laughs) Then we're going to the movie. And 90 times out of 100, they'll be like, all right, let's go to the movie. (laughs) Wow. I love that. And I, I tried it, and it worked. It's a little bit of NLP, neuro linguistic programming, actually. Yeah. You're kind of breaking. You're you, you're shocking the system by breaking it up a bit. You put it in yeah. a nice a spin and a and a kiss. It's a very. Uh, I love you. It's a very I love you moment. Uh, it's fun. It 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 sets a new tone between the two of you. That's awesome. That's a great exercise. I will purchase and read this book. Uh, that's awesome. What's it called again? Can you say it one more time? The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Wow. So
superior, man. I know. When I first, when somebody recommended it to me when uh, we were traveling through, and I was like, Jesus, that sounds like uh, some white supremacist kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like to I like to throw funny stories in whenever I can into these conversations. So here's one. Um, my one of my longest uh, employees, and he's like a son to me. Um, he's an elect electrical apprentice son. I've basically brought him up into an electrician over a six year period, and uh, and uh, he's from the Caribbean, and and his name's uh, his name starts with a K. And he has two cousins whose names both started with the K. And and he was a little boy and and he was uh I think like seven years old and he didn't have to go to school that day, he was sick or something. So he was uh he set a little fire outside in the yard. He was living in the Caribbean in Saint Vincent, and he was uh cooking up some breadfruit, which is some fruit that grows on a tree, I believe. And uh and with a stick that he was using for the breadfruit with the ashes, he wrote on the, on the port, poultry barn, uh, K, 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 for his three, for him and his two cousins, his buddies. <laughs> and, and one of the oldest, the oldest K came home from school and was like, yo, dude, what the, what the hell are you doing? Like, they're all black guys, right? So... And then he—that's how he learned about the KKK was uh, through that innocent moment, which was a fun story. But uh, yeah, could be worse ways to learn about the KKK. Yes, there could be worse ways to learn about it, and uh, uh, I think him living in Canada, he's sometimes he encounters some racism, but it's never too harsh. Uh, yeah. Usually, sometimes it is. Uh, we've we've had some customers, some old timers not answer the door and stuff like that after making an appointment with us and stuff and really yeah that's that's uh that that's hurt me um uh with Kyle's dignity he's such a strong digni- uh, dignified person in my opinion um even though he has his moments um he uh i said you know do you think that's because of your your race man you think it's because you're black that they they fucked with you like like they made this appointment I, I don't understand and now they're not answering my phone calls and um and i left a message saying if you guys didn't answer the door because kyle is black then i am very disappointed with you because i've been trained he is a good person and i've been training him since day one and i trust him and he was ready to do the job I said that on their answering machine as a business because because uh because they weren't answering and stuff and it looked really bad on them. And um and I and I asked Kyle and he said, "Well, I don't know, Charles. I'm not thinking about it and I don't ever want to use that as an excuse." And I was like, "Well, fuck. Then don't use it as an excuse, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened and I'm angry." <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway so yeah, yeah relationships like my my relationship with kyle is kind of like a marriage it's a contract have you discussed the financial estate contractual fidelity contract like 
One thing about marriage I think is a little bit dysfunctional because I think it applies to some people but doesn't apply to all people is the contract of fidelity, sexual fidelity. And then there's emotional fidelity. And then there's financial fidelity. Yeah. Pardon? Uh, You broke up there for a second. You were just about to talk about uh, the contract. Yes. So I think that... um, Viewing marriage as a contract is kind of a necessary evil because although it has like good intentions, it creates these expectations and limitations on people and couples and predefines relationships when more free-spirited people um, are less inclined to kind of conform to that, to these kind of rules. And, um, And so the contract of, there's kind of three contracts that, marriage implies is one's a an emotional fidelity one's a sexual fidelity and one's a financial fidelity what do you think of those three things in general and and not just as you and michelle as a couple what do you think of those three things in general in society and and i've had a thought a couple thoughts on maybe we could improve on some of these things i just don't know really how yeah um what do you think um I'll start with us because that's closer to where well, that's where my experience is. Mm-hmm. Um, emotional fidelity, we're, we're we're pretty good communicators. I gotta say. I mean, she's a life coach, so I don't really get away with much if I'm trying to shy away from a situation. All right. Uh, like she, that's that's her her thing is talking about okay. emotions. Okay. And, you know, sometimes I just want to chill, but. It, it, she wants to get into it. We'll get into it. Um, so there's no escaping that. Mm-hmm. There's that's we've made that contract. And I, I, even if I'm shutting down, it's not that I want to. Maybe I'm tired, or or maybe I just need more poking and prodding. More often than not, she just needs to ask the right question, and then I'll I'll, I'll, I'll get into it. Or even ask uh, it in the right way. Um, is another yeah. thing we I, I have a problem with asking questions the right way or or um, making statements the wrong way as well that's been something I've been having to work on a lot uh, because because everybody's uh, so what so emotionally now what I also wanted to say is that some people view the emotional contract as you're only allowed to have close relationships, close discussions with me. How do you guys view that? I, I no. doubt you guys view it like that. No. Um, have, you, have you ever seen people do that? Like where they will get no. jealous if like a, somebody wants to go on a vacation with their girlfriend or their or their buddy instead of themselves? Or Do you know what I mean? That's kind of like an emotional possessiveness, yeah. right? Yeah. That's own borderline abuse. Is it? Um, mm-hmm. I think so. If you're if you're demanding that uh, somebody only confides in you, I, I think that's uh, emotional abuse because you're manipulating how yeah. how you respond to their emotions, or you're manipulating, uh, yeah, how how they should feel about things. I, I don't think that's right at all. Well, what? Um, what about like a lesser? What about a lesser version of that? Like um, somebody uh, not wanting their spouse to go on a vacation without them. 
that's it's not my mo. Uh, You'd be okay with that, right? And so would Michelle. Yeah, we've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. wife and I as well. Yeah. I went to Peru with my best friend, who's a female. Uh, oh. For for a month. Hmm. And it was great. Like we slept in the same bed, but she's my best friend. And quite honestly, that repulses me. <laughs> the thought of anything happening. But uh, right. Michelle had questions, but she because it was when we were first getting together. But ultimately, it uh, it that trip really brought her and I together as a unit. You and Michelle. We don't have to take too much longer, but we can finish up our conversation. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I want to just talk about uh, your views on those ideas of contract and then maybe what kind of things you're excited about, about marriage. And then uh, also maybe a little bit about Jamesy the Band. At Jamesy the Band. No, Jamesy the Band at bandcamp.com. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the contract. I think they're good. I think they're good to acknowledge. Um, I think every every couple who's gearing up into this journey should take a good hard look at it. Um, just the other night, we we started getting to the topic of uh, what our sexual life is going to look like and and, and be. Um, do you care to divulge? What do you? What would you guys? What would you guys talk, have to say about that? Well, right now we're just we're having a little trouble um, uh, medically. Um, ecosystems aren't super awesome, um, so it's been it's been a little tough. Uh, and it wears wears on her because she, you know, she physically can't have sex super often. And she feels guilty. And I mean, I'm like, if you can't do it, you can't do it. It's not, it doesn't bother me that much. Obviously, you know, I think it's healthy to be a couple times a week. Be good. But yeah. Yeah. right now, until we figure this out. What about is- other ways to, uh, to enjoy sexual pleasure? Like there's yeah. a lot of ways her, to skin that cat. Her, her problem is, um, it's also draining her libido. Oh. At the same time. Right. So, and me, I'm not one to force. I'm not the the, the biggest horn dog in the world. Right. You right. know, so I, I, and knowing that uh, that this issue is happening, I don't want to make her feel worse by engaging and then her having to reject. Right. Well, it's a weird little dance that we're playing right now. Um, yeah, and it's also hurtful. I, I I've been through that. My wife has uh, uh, hyperthyroid, and it could uh, just drain her energy slash libido levels, and even cause irritability. And <clears throat> and I think the symptoms of that have created a complex in our relationship where I sometimes feel like I don't get affection, like I don't get appreciation, like I don't get love. <clears throat> and that's been something that we've been working on you know recently and, and, and my wife's great and when she's healthy and when she's happy everything's uh amazing um but those other times you know that's a hard one and and sexual fidelity 
Like I found myself, you know, if uh, a yoga teacher massaged my shoulders or something, I'd like get kind of like aroused slash satisfied, but not in a complete lustful way, more in an emotional like, hey, someone noticed me today. Someone, someone thought I was attractive today. Someone wanted to give me a quick rub to show appreciation to me today or something like that. Because uh, I'm in a yoga studio, I don't know if that's common in all yoga studios where teachers will massage students' backs, uh, non-sexually. I mean, but like they'll massage you and stuff. So, so that like, and when I found my, when I noticed myself uh, feeling that, then I had to like examine it and say, well, why am I, why am I feeling like this? Uh, this would be, this is kind of like a desperate feeling. Where's this desperation coming from? And then I uncovered this issue. So I, I would warn any any couple, new or old, that uh, there's always going to be miscommunications. In, in my case, we're uh, from two different cultures, so we're probably miscommunicating a lot more than people from the same hometown or the same city or something like that. Right. <clears throat> um, but we all do it. I've seen all couples miscommunicate, and um, and it's how you handle it, right, that defines you. Uh, yeah. Handling it fairly, I think, is a a great thing. Um, I told uh, our my sister, your cousin uh, Michelle, about uh, us uh, planning to do this discussion, and she wanted to mention what about the fact that arranged marriages uh, have happier people in them and less divorce than um, marriages based on love and and I think the theory behind that idea, and I wonder your thoughts on this, is that they're basically looking at it as an arrangement where they're going to have to find love and, and, and kind of it's more of a place of unconditional love. Like, I'm going to yeah. get this, whatever, I, you know, it's, this is my family's, my family's choice. I trust their choice. I'm getting involved with a good family. And uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of find happiness. So it's kind of like finding happiness as a choice versus maybe a. I think I think in Western culture we've kind of developed a sense, and and the old timers don't have it as much as the the new couples, a sense of entitlement towards one another. And um, I'd like to like I find it interesting a that this is a, now a, a symptom in our society of. Uh, a feature of, of marriage and, and divorce and, and be, uh, I'd like to understand it more. Maybe, you know, spread the word of how to, how to avoid it. Right. Uh, these, and I think expectations and, and that sense of ownership must be avoided. And, and it seems like you and Michelle have a good idea about that. And contractually finance, financially, you guys, do you guys have a prenup about anything? Uh, what's what's the deal? Prenup, no prenup. I did not do a prenup because I didn't have any money or any expected inheritance. Yeah, so, so. that's the thing with us as well. Like, like she moved into my house, uh, in an apartment, and she had recently moved back from Ontario, so she doesn't have a whole lot of possessions, she had more money saved. So she's kind of on uh, more or less the same plane like sure I have a house uh, but I probably have just as much in a house as she has right um, 
but we did we did do up a contract when she was moving in uh, before she she grown law. Right. Um, that was based off her mother's suggestion, which I, you know, no egos in that. Not saying that we're egoless, but uh, uh, we're, we're, yeah, I'm, I'm super fortunate that she does things personally. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it's all just about keeping things on the table. Uh, let's look at it, um, and when emotions need to be involved. They're they're involved, but they're they're she's really good with with making decisions like that, like rational decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, rational decisions that uh, will protect both. There's no there's no way to to. I mean, you can take it personally and and use it as a sign of uh, potential failure, mm-hmm. or or you can just say like like. Nobody knows what this world's going to offer, you know? Yes. Like, say, for example, your father getting sick. Yes. Nobody knew that was coming. Nobody can anticipate the emotions that, that took on your mother. Nobody can anticipate yeah. what, what just no way to look at, at the future and know exactly what's going to happen, so. Yeah, um, well, inter- interesting detail, again, is nobody knew it was coming except for my dad. My dad knew. He mentioned it to me years before it happened, but vaguely, like that he was sick. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah, he knew because he was having quivers. He was having shakes. Um, probably from my age seventeen onwards, and maybe even earlier. And and by the time I wasn't even twenty yet, I wasn't even a full grown man, in my opinion. Um, when he told me, so sometime between 17 and 20, he said, you know, Charles, one day they're going to find out I have some weird, rare illness. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, well, when I was, when you guys were babies, my sister Kristen and I, he was hospitalized and they did a plethora of tests and found nothing wrong. And it was because of quivers and, and stuff. Um, and so they gave him a diagnosis of an unknown arthritis. and uh, or they did diagnose an arthritis, but it wasn't a positive diagnosis. It was a it was a hypothesis rather than a diagnosis, and um, and based on that, and then his quivers, he kind of indicated as well as when he was concussed. He was concussed out in a soccer field one time, and uh, and when he went to the hospital and got a, a CAT scan, there was. Um, there was dark spots on his brain, and I don't know if it was because of the concussion, but that could have also been an indication of something to do with the neurological issues of his disease, Wilson's disease. Um, kind of let it go. Yeah, and so he he basically was like, I I did my thing when my kids were young, try to figure out what's wrong with me. They didn't, and that's it. And then there's other parts of it too. There's uh, um. One of Granny's neighbors used to complain to Granny and say that Julian was a child, a juvenile delinquent. And and a lot of the Wilson's disease, it's uh, it's uh, detected in children, because the symptoms are manic behavior, lack of empathy. Um, uh, those are the symptoms. So he was doing that when he was a kid. Right. But 
uh, you know, a parent's, a parent's first baby and then denial when it's e- so easily to deny that there's anything wrong. He's just hyper. He's just a boy. Um, you know, they didn't look into it, obviously, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and he was the the oldest known diagnosis, right? Yes, he is currently the oldest known diagnosis for Wilson's disease, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, so he kind of knew something was up the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned it to me, his son, and didn't want me to say anything. And I, he was so vague, I didn't really know what to think of what he was saying, but... Right. I was thinking, well, my dad may end up in the wheelchair later. But I yeah. thought it would be much, much later. Right. It was so surreal to see when he really went, like, really got uh, neurologically affected. The things he was doing, were, it was so goofy to watch this tall, skinny man. Well, he wasn't that skinny at that time, but this tall man, uh, like, walk in a, like a penguin kind of because his feet were neurologically affected and he they felt stuck to the ground and then he was inappropriate with the things he was saying and and a little bit um a little bit uh uh incoherent as well it was like he was on a real like he ate too many edibles or something like that edible yeah. marijuana thank you yeah so um what what kind of things are you excited about with regards to marriage let's go there uh what am i not excited about (laughs) oh actually wait we didn't finish do you have a prenup prenup or no prenup with this uh we haven't talked about that one yet okay thanks for reminding me (laughs) all right conversation for this week okay cool uh but you did do a contract when she moved in so so i I think you wouldn't be opposed to it then Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to it. I don't think she's opposed to it. Doesn't feel like it's very important to you at the moment either. No. You're kind of indifferent, it seems. I, I felt the same way, and we didn't. We didn't eventually do it. We just, if we, yeah. if we have to separate, we have to split it up fairly. Hopefully. That's also half what I'm banking on. Like my, our biggest commitment to each other thus far has been open communication. Yeah. And if things did go where we weren't able to continue, I I think I hope that the lines of communication would uh would still be in effect. So <laughs> I, and we're not heated people. We don't get angry. You know, we're yeah. not like yelling at each other, so I don't see anything going rationally. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's a conversation that uh, we do need to have. Um, what I'm most excited about? Uh, getting old. Getting old. Getting old yeah, together. I'm excited to be retired with her. What What do you think is going to happen when you're retired together? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have some long, jaggy hair. I'm not going to wear a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All the other vest. I'm starting to uh, go through that stage. Um, uh, my wardrobe, I'm longboarding again with my children, and my wardrobe is getting a little bit freaky, a little skater-esque. Uh, and uh, starting to not uh, give an F 
about uh, how I look in public and, and letting the uh, big hairy chest and belly out. Let it go. Let it, let it out. Let it all hang out. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah, um, I, you say you're excited to grow old. Here's another statistic. Is a, to spend time, quality time together, I guess. Yeah. And advent, is it adventure and grow together and grow close? Because mm-hmm. this point, we're so busy. Mm-hmm. Like, when we do get to see each other, we're pretty exhausted. And it's awesome, but quality time right now is, is scary. We might get one day a week where we actually get to hang out and go do something together. Yeah. It's most Because she works almost opposite hours. So we're all just trying to find some time. Right. And it's, it's the biggest joy, even just going for a drive. Uh, something to do just that drive is nice right just uh quality time i guess uh yeah. that, that good time together um that's nice uh you reminded me of a statistic i'm aware of and that is a lot of couples um will have children and base their grow their whole relationship as independent individuals because it, all they're doing is raising the kids together like they get they get so focused on the kids so that's I I was luckily made aware of that in high school and I it always stuck in my head uh make time for each other as a couple independent of the kids and actually sometimes we feel guilty that we're making a little too much time for ourselves and and maybe we feel like we're neglectful parents at times uh but it's all good our parents our children are safe uh you're always going to feel that <laughs> Yeah that's right yeah I, I, more as a mother than a than a father um mothers definitely uh as they say that a woman becomes a mother when she gets pregnant but a man becomes a father when he holds the baby for the first time yeah i had a friend actually he had a baby three days ago and i saw him yesterday and he said that i was like so how was it because i saw him last week and i was like so get excited and he was like yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I don't know. And I saw him yesterday. He was like, "Holy moly!" When I held that baby. Yeah, yeah, it's holy a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, the first time I think you really feel unconditional love for another human is as a parent. Right. Like true unconditional love, and uh, but that expression about the mothers and the fathers and and the different. Uh, biological uh thresholds where they where it kicks in psychologically that i'm a yeah. parent um it, 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 it's an example of uh the females the mother's uh intimacy is far with the child is far greater i think than the father's i mean possibly in later years if the father is a you know has a good bond and and uh and is a mentor um to either son or daughter or 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 uh gender non-gender whatever um you know if the guy's a good father possibly he could become a, a more intimate and have these relationships but biologically and right off the get-go uh the babies are kind of like 80 it's another uh thing in in out there in the parenting uh kind of uh seminar uh industry is uh that uh the babies are 80% the mothers and 20% the fathers, right? Or, or even less, even 10%. Uh, you know, it depends on, on who's asking. But 
Uh, I felt insulted when I heard that, but then after my second child, I was like, no, it's true. <laughs> I did. I did not do what you did uh, for this little one. You did it all. <laughs> you know. I'm scared. I'm scared for body alone. Like I'm just, I'm scared. It is a major thing for a woman's body to undergo. Uh, it's possible, but yeah, there's bodies with complications, and there's bodies that are weaker than others, and and um, even emotionally. Uh, I have a friend whose wife is depressed, and they had a child, and I don't think it was the best environment for the child. It, it is the best environment for the child to grow up in, uh, or even for my friend to live in, or even for the woman who's clinically depressed to, to to have that extra responsibility yeah uh even of a husband to have the responsibility of a husband and now a daughter um uh you know i think she's already dealing with a lot so i i really think that you know if you have a i think to have a driver's license um you know i kind of agree with that you don't want people driving on the road and killing others uh, but it's probably more important to have a parent's license. Um, that would, you know, there's a, a lot of people that strongly argue uh, that, but then that it's, how do you police that other than rob babies from parents that aren't licensed? You can't really do that either. Um, <clears throat> but uh, But I think that marriage, for me, marriage was... Uh, all of the above. It was a. It was. I wanted to make sure I had someone to be to share my life with and my adventures with, and I chose my wife based on having um a lot of similar perspectives towards life and adventure and how we were gonna kind of get down and and live, and um, we've had our struggles with that with with uh some of the expectations that we weren't clear about at first, some of the things we kind of didn't even think about in our future. Um, we kind of just, uh, my wife was a lot older. Uh, my wife was in her thirties when we had our, our, uh, when we started having, sorry, you said Michelle was 20 something or 30 something. 34. 34. Yeah. Uh, I think Rocio had Gavin at 30, seven or 38 i think something like that mm -hmm. i might be wrong no i'm totally wrong what the hell is wrong with me <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> uh, i'm really wrong there she had it uh our both our children in her early 30s but um but she also had a she could have kept going um uh biologically with her um reproductive organs but she couldn't keep going with her spine her spine couldn't handle another baby oh, really? uh especially my babies i'm i'm pretty i'm a pretty hardy person <laughs> so my babies were big and yeah. uh would you have had more um i'm actually happy with two yeah That's two is plenty happened, it is plenty and i heard that three becomes a whole different level of parenting requirement and uh one seemed a little lonely uh for the child to be like the third wheel all the time mm. although you know gavin the second child he does get bullied by his older sibling sophia 
that seems to be nature. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of a built-in feature of nature. I don't know. Why does nature do that to younger siblings? I think a lot of younger siblings have psychological uh, <laughs> complexes and stuff because of bullying. Well, I mean, you think of the first one having all that attention, and then it's just stripped away. Yeah, that is a thing, too. Um, so be careful with that. Be careful with child rearing, too. I was happy that I got uh, one girl and one boy. Um, that made each one special in their own unique way with their own unique kind of attributes uh, um, that came with their gender and their personalities separately and the same and combined, I mean. Um, so uh, maybe a little short, quick description of the wedding you're planning and what that feels like to plan a wedding. I'm sure there's lots of stress and lots of excitement. Yeah, there's definitely stress. <laughs> Well, we chose to have it since we have so many friends and families. Like we're the only we're the only uh, unit that's out east out of our whole family, right? Okay. So our biggest challenge, as well as Michelle, her she's got maybe ten here, but her biggest unit was all the friends that she made in Ontario. So everybody's coming in. Wow. Our family alone is like seventy five, I believe. Yeah. Darcy side. Yep. And she's. About that plus friends, so we're looking at two hundred people that we got to put somewhere, and everybody's coming in. So we that's figured, amazing. And your mom is like a genius at throwing parties. I don't know; she seems to have some sort of she, she is really good at leg up. She's amazing at it. Uh, she's offered me a, a spot in, in the barn or the farmhouse uh, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the sunshine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um. Uh, yeah, uh, you said that our cousin, cousin Nick is, uh, or I call him uncle Nick cause he's our parents first cousin. Um, you're saying, you're saying that he's officiating the wedding. What kind of, what kind of ceremony are you having? Are you doing uh, strictly legal? Are you throwing in any kind of alien religion, uh, paganism? Are you doing anything artistic and cool and creative? What are you doing? Um, and he's going to speak some, some nice Nick words that Nick always conjures up. Right. And Because uh, when we were at uh, our grandmother's funeral, he, Michelle and I were talking, and he would, had mentioned that he had just done some of the wedding uh, the previous summer. Mm. And I was like, oh, let's cancel the officiant we have, because this guy's awesome. Yeah. And so he's going to, we have to talk to him more, actually. I have to call him back uh, once I'm with Michelle so over it. But um, the ceremony is going to be outside. Um, so it's a farm. And uh, there's a little plot of land where the reception's happening. And just off of that, to the left, there's a lake that slopes down. So we'll have seating that slopes to the, the lake, and we'll be in front of it. And uh, he won't legally be able to marry us, so we'll have to deal with that beforehand. Okay. Uh, so it'll be, it's, I mean, the style of it's still relatively traditional. Just the right. way we're going around the legalities is, is, uh, isn't. Yeah. Um, and also you're not, uh, you're not um, conforming to any one religious uh, sect. No. Yeah. No. Is there going to be anything religious 
or any mention of deity in your ceremony? I wonder. I don't think so. Okay. Um, well, when you say I don't think so, do you think like maybe Uncle Cousin Nick will just throw in the word of God? Uh, yeah. Without uh, talking about it first, he might. Eh? You might want to. You might want to figure out whether you want him to or not. It seems like you may not want him to. I don't care. Um, if he wants to say God, say God. God's different to everyone. Yeah. Like, for me, it's it's everything. I would never call it uh, uh, a man in the sky. I, I, I would more lean towards uh, collective consciousness. Yeah, well, there's uh, here's an interesting one. Somebody translated the Hebrew word for God as uh, being uh, mis- uh, mistranslated and it, it's originally supposed to just describe the four cardinal uh, principal energies something like that which is kind of cool cool idea yeah. it's less personified yeah I look at us as uh, we got meat bodies and there's a there's a pot of consciousness up there yeah and as soon as uh, some the seed is planted yeah you pull it Gets pulled down and then it goes right back up once you're done. Yeah, do you wonder if uh, artificial intelligence and robot tech um, would attract soul and consciousness? Mm. Never thought of that. I have because uh, uh, someone brought it up on a podcast once. Uh, not my own, uh, Rune Soup. Uh, it's a magic podcast and these magicians or wizards were talking about how they would imagine that uh, once the entity is built, it would—it's uh, like a void. Uh, it would just uh, naturally attract uh, uh, consciousness. That's and terrifying. So you're—it's not terrifying because I mean uh, that's what's happening with the population. We only had a hundred thousand people, and then it was a hundred billion people. You know, uh, over a few thousand years. So consciousness is not just recycled. It's. Uh, or it's being pulled from out other places where it's like latent potential or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It doesn't have to be. Uh, it doesn't have to be evil, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. True. Although uh, bombing drone with AI would probably attract an evil consciousness, wouldn't it? What if it didn't? <laughs> <laughs> This is the friendliest bombing drone ever. Yeah, I was like, hi, I want to play with you. <laughs> <laughs> Playing frisbee and catch with all the, uh, all the, all, all the countries they've been trying to bomb. <laughs> they just start playing frisbee with the locals and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, Jamesy the Band. Let's talk about Jamesy the Band. Yeah, we're, uh, uh pretty new. I mean, I've been playing with these guys for, I want to say, 17 years. It's two brothers that grew up next door, and we've just had different renditions of bands. Yeah. Um, it's fun. It's fun, like, summer psychedelic kind of music. Uh, real floaty, for the most part. I like your, I like your tracks. I think, uh, I think that if you guys uh, just put a little bit of uh, push into some sort of marketing and PR that it'll take off. I, I just have that intuition about it. It's really clean. The biggest problem right now is uh, I met with a publicist not long ago, and she seemed to think that 
instead of hiring someone at this stage, just try and manage it on yourself. But it got a little messy because there's too many hands in the pot. And uh, when I did publish the songs, turns out there's a guy from Africa, a French rapper named James E.P. Oh. And all of our tracks were going to his oh. platforms. Oh. Yeah, and there was no way to change. We're in the works of uh, of dealing with that. God damn, James E. <laughs> <laughs> so now you have to change your name, you think? Or... Just spelling. It's J-A-E-M-S-Y now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. All right. Um, J-A-E-M-S-Y. James yeah. E. The Band. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And that came from uh, an awesome little clip of uh, Paul McCartney. His son, James, is on a daytime television uh, network. And, uh, he's about to play a set with his band. He's about to try and release his own music. And then right as they're interviewing before he plays, they go, and uh, there's a message from your father. Yeah. And uh, he goes, oh, Jamesy, rocket man. I know you will. And then <laughs> air base, like, boom, 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 boom. Cuts ah, yeah. <laughs> back to James. He's just like, oh, cool. <laughs> Fuck, Dad. I don't want you to do that. <laughs> oh, poor Jamesy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like kind of an ironic band moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a little tragic. <laughs> That's cool. I like that name. I like your music. And uh and Jamesy the band at bandcamp.com. Uh that's, that's it. You guys have an album and uh and you've offered up uh, some of your uh, uh, uh some of your music for the Fool's Journeys intro outro tracks and and I'll be promoting them every time that people hear cuz uh they're, they're cool tracks. Can't thank you enough. Yeah. Well, uh yeah, we'll see uh we'll see if my audience grows with yours, or separately, or together, or both, yeah, uh, that's that's cool. And uh, we uh, ba- actually featured on um, uh, another podcast. Yes, I saw that on Instagram. What was the other podcast called? It's called Turn Me On. Turn Me On. That sounds sexual, was it? Yeah, it is. It's uh, uh, these two friends of mine. They're in a polyamorous relationship, and they interview people but different sexual. Uh, either kinks or or mm. sex therapists and all, all kinds of stuff. Wow, that's so, pretty cool, actually. Um, yeah, uh, check it. Yeah, I will check them out and uh, and yeah, I I, I actually uh, actually, what do you think about polyamory? Since just quickly before we didn't touch up on that topic, what do you think about polyamory? Yeah, it's a little tricky, isn't it? From what I've seen with this particular relationship, it, it I don't see the husband and wife together as more as much as I see them with their partners. So I I'm not in it, so it's hard to say. Okay. But it almost looks like uh, they're still married to the idea of marriage, but aren't really the same unit. Hmm. Do they have children together? No, he's got cystic fibrosis, oh. um, and that causes infertility. Oh. But one of his stipulations uh, about having this polyamorous relationship is that she can't have kids with the other partner. Oh. Yeah. Well, look, um, that was uh, 
that that is a concern because um having children requires greater commitment so that see that's that that even in that stipulation there's an amount of possession possessiveness and limitation uh we didn't go into great detail about it but uh my views on marriage is that uh you know loyalty collaboration and cooperation and harmony a beautiful thing and should be always strived for in every relationship but possessiveness and control and limitation and jealousy are things that should not be made into contracts and that's scary so i think yeah. uh i think we're probably getting to the stage as a as a society where we're mature enough where we can maybe revisit the idea of marriage and and i think couples since the divorce rate is so strong i think couples need to do kind of like what you and michelle are doing and have uh discussions about expectations use psychedelics to uh get into the subconscious reality of of who you really are and your personalities and really kind of, and and have sex before marriage obviously too um i think all that is great and and uh and also i think it's good uh to respect each other's bodies you said you don't you're not pushy and and try to force the issue and stuff like that I, i'm sure as a man you get weak as an animal if it goes too long you may get a little bit jittery inside and kind of like a drug addict coming off of a a jones we men we feel that i i want women to know that we feel that and and have a little empathy to that struggle uh we no matter how much we love you our bodies are addicted to uh to that physical affection in some way and 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 we may show it and and uh don't don't miscalculate what we're trying to communicate we we love you. And I think a lot of harassment is born of that detail. And men have to really be careful about their actions and control and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, anyways, there's lots, there's lots more we could, we could keep talking about, but, but I think we've, we've hit all the, uh, all the angles and, uh, till next time. time. Talk to you later, cuz. All right. See you. Bye.
Special thanks to Jamesy the Band, jamesytheband.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening to The Fool's Journey.